At Get Elected, we want to put a thousand voters in the pocket of every Republican volunteer in Pennsylvania. The Get Elected app is packed with incredible voter outreach tools, including detailed voter profiles, municipal level analytics, walkbook maps, and more. Now available for pre-order. Visit thousandvotersinyourpocket.com to learn more. You don't need to check your clock. It's one o'clock on Saturday. Time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM. This is your host, Sam DeMarco. Again, joined by my Robin to my Batman. John Schneider, Executive Director of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, and our fabulous producer, Dandy Daryl Grandy, the man that makes all the magic happen and gets our guests to you. So welcome, folks. We have a great show planned for you today. We have a couple guests, and I'm telling you, John, I am thrilled about the guests we have today. We first, Our first guest is going to be our nominee for Lieutenant Governor in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and that's Carrie Lewis Del Rosso. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Great hey, day here in Pittsburgh. Hey, uh, my pleasure. Thank you for joining us. You know, Carrie, as we wind down here, you know, just uh, less than two weeks before this election, how are you feeling right now? Great. Great. The momentum on the ground is real. Um, it's actually creating more positive energy with myself. As you know, I have a history of um, knocking on doors and having a lot of energy. So now I'm knocking on counties and having a lot of energy. <laughs> and uh, exactly, I'm in Allegheny right now. However, I'm heading I'm heading south and east, and um, I'll be in Lancaster and Montgomery and Box over the weekend, and then zooming back to Allegheny um, and and back up to the Northeast and Lackawanna where I grew up in the next four or five days. So we are touring the state. Wow. <laughs> well, well, how many miles have you put on your car since this uh, since you started running? So I'm almost up to 65,000. Wow. Um, I, I, and it's, it's a one-year-old truck. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm definitely breaking barriers with everything right now. <laughs> you know, why? Well, listen, you, you have always broken barriers. I tell the story when I introduce you, you know, out at rallies and meetings about how we first came to meet, you know, about a week after I'd been uh, elected to be the chairman of the Republican Committee back here in 2019, I got a messenger text. Facebook messenger text from someone. And she said, Hey, I'm, I'm Carrie Del Rosso. I'd you know, like to sit down and talk to you. So we set up a meeting for the following week, met for lunch. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what to expect. And in walks this, you know, just ball of energy. And you, you told me, Hey Sam, I don't know what's next for me, but I know that I want to take and help and serve my community. So we had a great conversation, and we both left uh, saying, hey, let's, let's think about this. And it was a number of months later where you called me, and you said, hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take and run for state house rep against the entrenched Democrat minority leader, Frank Dermody. Now, you certainly didn't set your sights low that time, did you? No, and it seems like what's, what's very interesting to me is my district was probably one of the larger districts because he was the Democrat leader. So it was geographically pretty large. So I, it took me sometimes one hour to get from one end of the district to the other uh, because it, it encompassed both Allegheny and Westmoreland County, the northeast corner of Allegheny County. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to think about Allegheny County is a huge area. So it is, it's, it's, it's in <laughs> one of those things I'm thinking about is I went from that to all of a sudden a statewide race right. and 67 counties. Um, Pennsylvania is not Rhode Island. It is a gigantic state. It is gigantically um, diverse in terms of um, just the people that live in the counties. And because of its, you know, old, you know, I say, old, it's, it's, it's an infrastructure that has been built here um, and we're the Keystone State for it. Most counties are just very rooted in. So I've got to learn so much. This, this has been the greatest educational experience of my life. And being from the Northeast and coming to the Southwest, you know, I've been through the state my whole entire life, but never really stopped and got to know people. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And myself and Colonel Senator Doug Mastriano, he's doing the same thing. I mean, we're crisscrossing and we are stopping and talking with the people. And that this is the people movement of Pennsylvania. And that's why we're going to win. Well, that's that, you know, I, I know you're going to win and, but that's why I brought up uh, the mileage, you know, on your car is because this isn't Rhode Island or Delaware, you know, for that instance, in the, that it's a huge state. You know, I know firsthand, 
Allegheny County, 750 square miles. You know, a million okay. two hundred some thousand, two hundred fifty thousand people. So, I mean, this—if you're going to run statewide in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you really have your work cut out. And I can't think of a better candidate to do so as our lieutenant governor nominee than you, who exhibited—I mean, just uh, the work you put in in defeating, you know, Frank Dermody in the state house was just absolutely incredible. And I can't tell you how proud I am of you to see you take and bring that same work ethic you know, to uh, Harrisburg and as our lieutenant governor nominee. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I will say that I just got another law that sent to the the governor's desk, um, three bills passed as a freshman um, and and written into law, um, which is kind of another record. I think I don't, I was, I was up in the house this week asking, has anyone had three bills in a year? Has anyone, anyone? (laughs) um, You know, and, and it's funny because my sweet mate is Greg Rothman, who will soon be a senator. And I, I've said to him, I'm like, when did you come in? How many bills have you had? <laughs> what year was that? <laughs> you know, it's just a little competitiveness. But, you know, it's here. I'm doing for, it for the right reasons. So I got involved at the local level, Sam, and I was a local councilwoman for a very short period of time, took the local government academy classes in Allegheny County, you know, cherished that education. And it's, it's been ever since, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a stepping stone. And never did I ever ever think I was going to get involved in politics in my life. And here I am now, and I, I'm so happy to serve the state of Pennsylvania. Well, you, you're doing a great job right now, and we look forward to the job you're going to do, you know, once elected. Now, I was just on a cable news program earlier in the week, and uh, one of the questions they were asking was, you know, uh, what Senator Mastriano's plans are if he were to be elected, what your administrations would be. And I started r- rattling them off. You know, first day, you know, we're pulling out of Reggie. You know, no more boys in girls' sports. No more boys in girls' bathrooms. You know, talking about drill, baby, drill, opening up the state, talking about trying to take and start construction on pipelines to get our natural gas to market. All these wonderful things. And they said to me, they said, uh, well, boy, you know, we hadn't heard about some of that. So I want to give you the opportunity here you know, and to tell our listeners, you know, if you if you and Senator Mastriano are elected on November 8th, tell our listeners the great things that you folks intend to do for the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, I think um, there's a couple hot button, button items right now that people are really paying attention to, and that's law and order. Um, you know, we plan to restore law and order um, in Pennsylvania, fully fund our police, um, and make sure that some of this um, these district attorneys that aren't um, and ign- they're actually ignoring the rules right now, and the rules of law um, are, you know, they're, they're, we, the House actually um, this week, you know, pushed forward with the impeachment of Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. And what people don't recognize is that, you know, the, the, the crimes in our cities continue to go up and the economy will, will shut down. So I think that that's where we have to be very conscientious of creating safer communities for people to keep their businesses open. I have, for example, the Wawa's in Philadelphia are shutting down. Why? Because of the lawlessness. People's head are now becoming on a swivel. Um, they're, they're nervous to go out in the city of Pittsburgh. They're nervous to go out in the city of Philadelphia because of the crime. So we've got to, we've got to get that honed in. I think that's one of the most important things that we need to start with. Um, the economy, you know, it's going to take um, pretty ambitious policies to overcome the damage from the Wolf Biden economy um, and what they've done to the state. Um, if you ask Shapiro what he's going to do, I think he's going to be an extension of Wolf, and that doesn't give a lot of us hope. Um, you know, we currently, you know, have an unemployment rate um, that's probably one of the worst in the country. Um, we got to get people back to work, um, and that's one of the things we have to look at. I think we also have to look at um, making sure that these are family-sustaining jobs. Um, people right now are having a hard time at the grocery stores. I know myself as a mother of three kids, two of um, which are boys that play football. Um, we are we're pulling back, and it's because our grocery bills. I mean, I was there the other day. I think I got four things, and it was sixty five dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a mother of three kids. So I think that that's one of the things we have to look at. And how does that happen? Well, you open up the energy sector. You bring the jobs back in. You bring the jobs, especially to Western Pennsylvania. I mean, Sam, look at what they did. They shut down my Cheswick power plant in my district, which was producing, you know, clean energy. Mm-hmm. It was. It was approved. 
check out where are they going. They're going to Ohio. They're going to West Virginia because they can become online. They get the tax credits. They're getting the permitting quicker. And we're, we're, you know, the state of like, wait, hold on. And then the jobs don't come here. A lot of, we've missed a lot of opportunities out here in the Southwest because of those issues and it's so much easier for people to go to Ohio and West Virginia. So we've got to, you know, we've got to stick with that. We've got to look at our regulations and see what's hurting us. We have, we have quite the job to do, um, myself and, and Doug Bastriano, but I was just with him yesterday. Him and I, I'm just on a personal level, um, we have a great working relationship and I think that we are going to do great things for the state of Pennsylvania. So in terms of, you know, policy, I think, you know, we're, we're right on board. Um, but, you know, one of the things, the other hot button item is education. So our property taxes continue to go up. And I think we had just recently, you know, uh, an issue out in Beaver County that um, these, these teachers right now who are protesting some of the things that are coming into education, which is, you know, transgenderism, gender identity. Um, and when the teachers stand up for it, you know, they get ostracized by the by the union guess what it's it's time for change it's time to stand up and say no we can't what we should be teaching our kids are you know reading writing um science making sure that they understand that not the social norms and and you know creating racists out of our kids so i think you know on day one we'll have you know curriculum transparency we will see um an open um uh, opening up basically you know school choice and when i say school choice i mean but we have to make sure all kids are learning and all kids have the educational opportunities, whether you take private, charter, homeschool, public. I mean, I'm a public school mom. Most people, you know, think I'm going to shut the public schools down. That's not the case. I mean, that's our property taxes. So we need a whole reform. And I think it's time that we get the people to the table, the stakeholders, so we can have these discussions. And they're going to be tough. Um, and, you know, one of my hearts, you know, heart is to, to um, the trades. Um, the building trades in, in Pittsburgh um, mm-hmm. have backed me. Um, they backed me in my rigs against Germany, and I won't forget that. And I think those are all the hardworking people of Pennsylvania that want to keep their sustaining family-sustaining jobs local, and that's what we have to work with. We have to work with all of the labor industry, whether it be union or non-union. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that I've seen across the board. Every county is different. Every county has a different union saturation. So you've got to be mindful of that. You can't just take away their jobs. So, you know, again, the Tesla power plant, when they shut it down, it was 52 jobs, 52 jobs, and almost, I think, 750 or $800,000 worth of infrastructure money coming into Springdale Borough. Well, when you take that money away, what happens? It's gone. So that's, that's education money. That's money for, you know, water. That, I mean, it's, you know, it, people don't think about that. But these shutdowns are hurting us. So... I hope that was enough. You know, I mean, I, I, I love questions. Um, I think oh, also, and I, I think this is so important to talk about, is um, appointing a secretary of state that's going to create fair elections. I mean, right now there's been, I've been getting text messages about, oh, no, there's this new ballot dropping. Look, we've got to be mindful. If we don't elect Doug Bastariano, we don't get change in our election um, elections and elections need to be reformed. These bills that we've tried to push from the House have been vetoed by the governor's office. And we need to make sure that we have fair elections. We need voter ID. We need to make sure that these, you know, illegal drop boxes are taken away. And so, you know, Carrie, you, know, you just hit on a number of things. One, I want to thank you for actually connecting the dots for many of our listeners, because they don't always understand when we talk about, you know, what does a shutdown mean or what does a particular policy that affects, you know, construction, okay? What does a lack or delays in getting permits, what does that mean? And, you know, you are translating it for these folks and explaining that, hey, guys, this all comes down to means jobs. And with those jobs are family-sustaining incomes, which helps take and put food on the table and a roof over the head, you know, for many of the families out here in uh, Pennsylvania. And I'm glad that you're laser-focused on this and determined to do what you guys can to, uh, you know, lift Pennsylvania up here, you know, when elected. Now, you know, you also talked about something else, talked about elections. I think one of the yeah. things that struck me here is some of the, I don't want to say difficulty, but, you know, we have yet to get everybody on board, okay, getting behind Senator Mastriano and you and your campaign. You know, all these folks that are concerned about elections, 
And, you know, as I sit on the board of elections, so I get the emails and the text messages and the phone calls and the complaints, and people are complaining about stuff. But I try to tell them, guys, there's one way to fix this, and that's to elect a Republican governor. That's to elect Doug Mastriano, okay? Uh, That's where their focus needs to be. Now, you know, how do you guys feel? Uh, you're You're making progress with these guys? Or, you know, where are we at in getting some of these folks who that seems to be their singular focus, you know, on board with your campaign? So interestingly enough, I think that there was a press release that was done this week from one of the outlets about a couple hundred thousand ballots dropping and people are, again, going down a rabbit hole with this. And I've told them, stay focused. Focus on get out the boat. Focus on phone banking. Focus on making sure you knock doors because the voter turnout is how we're going to win. And I think that that's one of the things, too, is that, you know, it's, I don't know, just less than two weeks. And this is where people are going to start. Again, I, I call them, this is where people become unhinged because, you know, they don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone, and I've, I've been able to kind of just stay focused with this and continue to focus on the positive energy, the voter turnout, and making sure that people um, people are voting. Um, and then that's what, it, and, and again, what you said, I was, I was in Schuylkill County last night, and that was the first thing I talked about. I said, look, if you want fair elections, it's Doug Mastriano because, what happened, you know, in 2020 was we had a secretary of um, the state who basically rewrote election law mm-hmm. um, rather than the General Assembly. And, you know, again, it's like we're beholden to someone who's appointed by the governor's office, which is a Democrat. So, I, look, you, you want that again? Then I, I, well, this is what I say. People have, have kind of, you know, come up to me and talked to me about, oh, well, we don't know about Doug. Okay. Well, let me tell you about Doug. He's, first of all, he's a wonderful guy, 30 years in the military. Um, I was up in Scranton last week, and Ernie Create spoke about him in a way that, like, chilled me. And I have that video. I've been sharing it to people. You know, mm-hmm. Doug is a, is a man of strategy. He knows what he's doing. He's the man for the job. And so when people are saying they don't know about him, I said, well, a vote. For a, a, no, a no vote or a vote for Shapiro is a vote for more shutdowns and it's a vote for n- no more fair elections. So people need to understand that, especially the people that, you know, again, they think they don't know him. Well, go online. He's everywhere. And the problem is, is that the commercials that, you know, $40 million worth of money that Shapiro has spent is not breaking our brands. The tools are, the polls are getting tighter, Sam. They well, are. Listen, I've seen that. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in the polls. The polls were wrong in 2016. The polls weren't necessarily right in 2020. The polls could be wrong again. And if I'm Josh Shapiro, you know, I'm having a little bit of a, uh, a, a, a sweat right now knowing that I spent $40 million and I'm still not outside the margin of error. Okay. <clears throat> so, wow. no, he, you guys are doing the right thing. He was campaigning in Cheswick. He was campaigning in my district the other day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, they, he knows he has to take, he has a fight on his hands, you know. Uh, I just wish, you know, Democrats, uh, we've always said, Democrats, they fight with each other just like Republicans do. But at the end of the day, they all rally behind their candidate and go out and vote. You know, we've always talked about Republicans like trying to get these guys together. It's like herding cats, you know. <clears throat> and it is true, but it's my gosh. You know, I wish some of our folks could put aside their differences from primaries and, you know, their, their own personal issues and come together to get behind their candidate because at the end of the day, you know, if we don't elect you and Senator Mastriano, we don't get to fix this stuff, you know? And that's so that's the bottom line. Hey, you know, while we're talking about that, uh, you know, again, I talked to uh, Colonel Ryan about that letter and the letter was just to let, he's, when he, tr- he notified the Department of State that they had had contradictory information that in a conversation that they had had with Jonathan Mark's testimony, he had talked about how it was a county's duty to verify, you know, registrations or applications for mail-in ballots. But then the Secretary of State put something out that they weren't. And, and what they were explaining to me was, this stuff has come from the shore system, okay? That what happens is you have the choice when you request a mail-in or absentee ballot, you either put in your driver's license number or you put in the last four digits of your Social Security's number. When you put in your driver's license number, because Pennsylvania, we are directly connected to PennDOT, they're able to check that and verify that in real time. If you put in the last four digits of the Social Security number, 
we're not tied into that. They're not able to do that. So that comes up in a column that says unverified. But when that goes to the counties, the counties use a system called have a check that's tied into the Social Security Administration where they're supposed to go out and they look at those to verify or confirm them before ballots are sent out. So what Frank was trying to do and what the other members of the House were trying to do was just to make sure that counties were aware of the process inconsistency and ensure that they looked into this, okay? Uh, and, and folks have leapt to the conclusion all of a sudden that 255,000 ballots were sent out to people that may not exist, and, and that's not true, you know? Um, there'll be more information coming out on this, but you, you're right. You know, when you go out and you speak and you try to get people on board, you know, and focusing on the issues that matter, like you're talking about crime, energy, jobs, things of that nature, and they just delve off into this other stuff, you know, it's uh, it can get confusing. And, and I can tell you, these things break. People send you, you know, uh, news articles or things like that, and you spend two days running them down. So yep. I appreciate you not losing your focus and staying focused on the voters of Pennsylvania, and I'll take the time and run this kind of stuff down. So the other positive thing that I, and I tell people this all the time, is that Republicans do mail their ballots in. I've had multiple people come up to me in the last two weeks that said, I've already voted for you. I've already voted for you. This is kind of what happened to during the primary for me because a lot of people that are either going to be out of town or work a second or third shift or they know they're not going to be there because they got to work at a poll. Like, this is this is reality. So and I got, when we were at the Amen Corner on lunch the other day, um, a couple of the gentlemen, you know, police officers, you know, they had they had already said, you know, they're working shifts, but they've already voted for me. And I, again, it's like it's like a boost of confidence. Like people don't recognize that, Sam, but it's it it's us too. You know, people really need to understand that people do take advantage of this system and. When we win, we're going to shock everybody. It's going to be awesome. No, listen, absolutely. And, you know, uh, for our listeners here, I just texted Carrie a picture of my mail-in ballot because I already voted for her, okay? Yes. And you know what? Awesome. And, and, hey, and, and for our other listeners, there were people out there telling folks, Republicans, hey, request a mail-in ballot, but hold on to it and take it to the polls. No. <laughs> Fill out your ballot, complete it, and put it in the mail as soon as possible to make yep. sure it arrives there. But th- this is what we need. We can't, I don't want to have our statewide candidates waking up on election day, all of a sudden being 650,000 votes down just because we didn't use mail-in ballots. Don't want to dig a hole that we're not able to take and dig ourselves out of on election day. So all of yep. you Republicans out there who have requested mail-in ballots and have them, please complete them as soon as possible, fill them out, vote for Senator Mastriano and Carrie Del Rosso, as well as the entire Republican slate, and get those in the mail so that they get back to your county's uh, division of elections. Yes, it's very important. I will say that, you know, the primary, too, the mail-in ballots that came in, that was the first thing that came out. Allegheny and Westmoreland had put me up. And I will say, when I saw that, I, I remember looking at my campaign manager and looking at people and I was like, oh my goodness, like this, this is good. This is good. Because again, um, when I was in, I, I, I ran in a Democrat district, I got 28 to 30% of the mail-in vote and um, I beat Germany that way. Well, now, you, I, I don't. You worked like a demon. I mean, you were out there, you know, wearing out shoes. I mean, you know, yep. and, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, you made yourself accessible to the voters. You know, and they rewarded you by electing you. And I think they're going to do the same thing again. I, I believe, Sam. I totally believe that we will. And you know what? I'm very grateful for all your support as well, Sam. You've been, you've been by my side the whole time with this. This has been a, a tough year. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, I've never seen anything like this in my life this year for the book, for sure. Um, and I'm still smiling. I'm still happy. And we're, we're, we're going to win. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, Carrie, hey, before we let you go, because I know you have a you're very busy today. If someone wanted to help your campaign, you know, if there's any, could you tell them where they would go to help and what you need, you know, at this at this last minute to try to uh, get you guys across and over the finish line? So um, right now we need votes and we need we need donations. We need money um, to get our word out, and that's the most important thing that we're doing right now. 
Um, my website is carry4pa.com. It's C-A-R-R-I-E. For forpa.com. And um, if you go on Carrie Lewis Del Rosso for Lieutenant Governor um, on Facebook or any of the social media outlets, please look at my stuff, friend me, follow me, share my uh, my posts, because that's another great way to get the word out, too. But, um, yes, you can go to Carrie for PA backslash donate and um, um, or Friends of Doug Mastriano. That's the other way, um, dougforgov.com. Um, you look up Doug and see where he's going to be. We will be back in Allegheny County together on Wednesday, <coughs> the second. I think that's. Um, yep, you'll be there at five p.m. Yeah. out at the Crown Plaza in Bethel Park <laughs> with Dr. Ben right. Carson. Yes, yes, we'll be there on. Yep. We'll be there on Wednesday, and I think in Latrobe. Um, I think uh, President Trump is coming to do a, a Saturday, November fifth. Yep. Yeah, so he's just you know again we're we're energized. Um, you know, the, we're energizing the Republicans to make sure they, they vote. Well, listen, to all of our listeners, you just heard from Carrie Lewis Del Rosso, the next lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Carrie, thank you for joining us on The Elephant in the Room. Right. You're on WJAS right. 1320 AM. Midterm campaign season will be over before you know it. Take a small step now to get ready for those critical 2023 school board and municipal elections and help a great cause at the same time. Pre-order your annual subscription to get elected before the end of the year and we'll donate $5 to Folds of Honor chapters across Pennsylvania. Visit thousandvotersinyourpocket.com to learn more. So welcome back to The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. Again, I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, here with John Schneider, the Executive Director of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County. And again, our fabulous producer. I always have to say that because he does a great job. I mean, you know, Rush Limbaugh you know, had a great producer and so do we. So, Daryl, one day we appreciate it. You help make the magic happen. Now, John, I'm very excited right now because we are joined by a special guest and one of my good friends, you know, the chairman of the Republican Party of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Lawrence Tabus. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, happy to do it, Sam. Good, good to see this program is uh, doing so well. Well, we're, we're, listen, we're happy to have you here. And, you know, hey, <clears throat> Lawrence, uh, you know, I – I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you on behalf of our listeners, how are you feeling, you know, this close to the election? Well, I feel like if I would own the Macy's department store and it, it's uh, almost Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> the time is, there's so much to do. Uh, it's a 24 hours a day getting ready. Um, I'm feeling very excited though. I think the wave started to hit a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the momentum is going very well. And I think uh, things are coming into place great. I'm expecting uh, some terrific victories here in Pennsylvania on November 8th. Well, I, you know, I join you with those expectations. You know, I, I, I think, I don't want to say I was concerned. I was just wondering what the heck was going on, you know, late summer and uh, right into Labor Day where folks, you know, polls had shifted and they were saying that, you know, the Democrats had regained momentum. And I couldn't understand why. Because the circumstances in this country, you hadn't changed for the better. And I think it was really, it was wishful thinking on behalf of so many media organizations, you know, and polling organizations that were hoping to try to take and create something that didn't exist. And now to try to be as accurate as possible, they're coming back home. And I think we can all sense this momentous shift in momentum. And that's behind the uh, Republicans nationwide and here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Sam, about the media. The media has been extremely biased uh, in their reporting on these elections and and how Republicans are doing. And, look, you can uh, put together a poll uh, with uh, individuals in it that will produce almost any result. But the fact of the matter is, as we saw in 2016, as we saw in many of the elections since, there are a lot of voters who don't respond to polls, don't pick up phone calls from uh, numbers they don't recognize. And we've surprised many people in our wins. Uh, President Trump's in 16. We won those three ballot amendments in 2021. We won three state Supreme Court races. And Tim DeFore and Stacey Garrity were elected to statewide office, again, when the polls said that they were, in many cases, double digits behind. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you just shared that's the same message that I take out to some of the folks that we're trying to rally, you know, the recalcitrant 
the folks who are, uh, hey, I'm not going to vote. My vote doesn't count. And I try to explain that it absolutely does. You know, and we show they demonstrate those successes. You know, here with mail-in balloting, we were still able to win all those races. Okay? That's right. If we would have had just a little bit more turnout, we would have been four out of four, you know, last November. That's exactly – you're absolutely right. Look, the Democrats don't have any issues. The issues that are keeping Pennsylvanians up at night, uh, the increasing crime, which is out of control, up nearly 40% while Josh Shapiro has been attorney general – the, the major blunder in our state of the lockdown of our schools, and this past Monday the report came out showing the, the decline, the significant decline in education, uh, the, the mismanagement of this economy. I mean, Sam, think about it. The Democrat leaders shouldn't be allowed to run a lemonade stand, let alone our national economy. Uh, this inflation is becoming a tax on everybody. And then on top of all of that, you have these mandates and pressures from the Democrats on all kinds of businesses and individuals interfering with the schools, interfering with the parents' rights and their children's education. They don't have any issues. Well, and I they think, are scared. I, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, proof of that, Lawrence, is the fact that in the debates that we just saw here, you know, in this past week, you know, Democrats didn't stand up for those positions that they've took. And as a matter of fact, have told outright lies. We saw, you know, uh, in Michigan, you know, uh, Gretchen Whitmer said that she only closes schools for three months when parents and everybody else know it had been two years. Here in Pennsylvania, we had John Fetterman stand up and say that he supported fracking when he was on the record multiple times saying that he didn't. You know, Josh Shapiro, my gosh, when I look at his Twitter feed, I, you know, you'd almost be thinking that he was a Republican from all the things he talks about, like school choice, okay? So, you know, they definitely don't have any issues. And again, they're just trying to fool the voters. How do we cut through that smoke and mirrors that they're throwing up, you know, to get uh, the, the voters in Pennsylvania to recognize what it is that we're offering, you know, which is increased freedom and prosperity, well, you know, Sam, uh, this is uh, this is the key to our past victories, which, again, go back to 2016, and you know you were a county chair back then, how important it is. Our candidates have been going directly to the voters. You take Doug every single day. Doug Mastriano is out there uh, meeting with new voters, uh, talking to them, going to rallies. We're reaching out to the independents and the Democrats who are suffering just like Republicans under this Democratic leadership. The ground game that our party has is the best, I believe, in the nation. Um, we have uh, most of our voters vote in the polls. I mean, it's like four to one on the mail-in ballot that favors the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So we have 13 hours on one day, November 8th, to get our voters out. While these Democrat mail-ins have 50 days, and yet we have managed to beat them because of our ground game because we have the enthusiasm, and because our candidates have a positive message that they have on policy. So our voters are voting for something, not against something. That's a much more um, positive way of getting people to come out and vote in the polls. So that's where we are. We're in the ground. And we have, yesterday I got the reports back, we have done over 1.6 million doors. We've done 4.7 million phone calls. Um, we're going to probably go well over 5 million on the phone calls and go over 2.2 million on the doors by November 8th. Mm -hmm. We are making direct human contact with the voters, not just TV commercials that show up at two in the morning, uh, with some, uh, Ronco Vegematic, you know, uh, video program. This is person to person. And I believe that uh, we're going to have a great victory on November 8th. Well, you know, I agree with you on uh, your prediction for November 8th, Lawrence. I firmly believe it. I feel it here in Allegheny County as well. You know, and thank you for sharing some numbers with our listeners. Because, you know, as a chairman of the county party, and I know you hear it as well, we get calls from people, what are you guys doing? (laughs) You know, just because they're looking for wall-to-wall commercials, okay? And uh, as you know, and you explained to our listeners earlier, you know, door-to-door contact, you know, is the most effective means 
of uh, winning votes that there is out there other than the candidate speaking specifically to the voter. So uh, we're, we're doing all the hard work. We're happy to support you and the state commit, state party here You know, in those endeavors here. When I just came over to tape our show, uh, you know, our conference room is full of staffers, you know, pulling out walking lists, arranging while walking groups, you know, uh, phone banks, things of that nature. I mean, they're hard at work to take and get out our vote and make sure that we win on November 8th. So, you know, thank well, you, you know, for everything that you do there. I appreciate it, Sam. And, you know, you're making a, that's a good point to telling people what's happening that you're seeing in your county. And think about it. In this world in which everybody thinks everything in life happens on social media, the fact is that human element, especially in electing our leaders, is still the most important one. That mm-hmm. contact with a voter. And, by the way, the people who make our phone calls, these are not robocalls. They're not paid callers. These are volunteers, just like the door-to-door. So the irony is, with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of those other forms of communication, the real communication is a voter having a contact with another Pennsylvania citizen and voter about our future and our elections. And I think we're going to be able to demonstrate that in our victories. I feel confident we'll keep our legislative majorities. I think we're going to pick up at least one, if not a couple of more congressional seats. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz, I got to tell you, he is doing phenomenal. He is a, he's appealing to voters who uh, Democrats, independents, and Republican as well. And his message is one of, I'm going to be a strong voice for Pennsylvania on the floor of the Senate. I can't wait, Sam, for that first meeting between him and Chuck Schumer. You know, when he goes up and says, Mr. Schumer, you're no longer the majority leader. We've taken control. So that's the key. I mean, we have to get back to the grassroots, the GOTV. That's what works. And that's what's going to look at our turnout. Sam, you and I have talked about Mm -hmm. this. We had a record-breaking turnout in this year's primary, the highest we've had in decades, decades. And it's because, again, we have the message. We have the issues, and we have, we've given voters something to come out and vote for. They're not just coming out angry and voting against someone. They're voting for us and our policy. Well, see, and that's the second time you mentioned that, and that ties in with what I've always believed, Lawrence, is that when, at the end of the day, when a voter goes to the polls, they want to make a positive decision. They're making a choice to vote for someone believing that by voting for that person, that they're somehow going to make their life better or their kid's life better or their grandchild's life better, okay? But I agree with you. It's a positive choice. And, you know, while Republicans are out there talking about the issues, Democrats aren't. Let's reference uh, Wednesday night, the night after the debate, uh, excuse me, yeah, the night after the debate um, with Fetterman and Oz, Dr. Oz is in Harrisburg doing a safe streets rally, right? And talking to people about crime. And where's John Fetterman? He's just done introducing people with Stay J.E. for a Dave Matthews concert, okay? That's the difference. Democrats are just throwing out candy. Here, look at this. Vote for me. Republicans are out talking about the issues that affect the voters and their families. And and it's it's not just Republican voters who are concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean, here, I live in Philadelphia, um, and 80% of all the murders that are occurring in this city are occurring against African-Americans. That, that, that is horrible that our DA, Larry Krasner, who they fortunately yesterday they introduced impeachment articles against. But also, Sam, think about this. In your city, Pittsburgh, in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, the Democrats have been in charge for over 70 years. There's been no progress, no improvement, not in the schools, not in the incomes and the wages and the life of the Philadelphians out there who've been voting Democrat every year, I think they finally have seen that they've been back in the wrong party. Well, it's the same here. Our in, message is better life for all. Yep, and same here in Pittsburgh. You know, in Allegheny County, you know, the city of Pittsburgh has been in Democratic control for over 80 years. There and yet go. we have increasing crime. There have been 80-plus shootings on the south side just since January. You know, we just had a uh, 17-year-old shot at 4.20 in the afternoon on the main street in one of the city neighborhoods, Beachview. 
which is not known as a mecca of crime, okay? They still haven't arrested anybody, you know, from the Easter, the night before Easter shooting, Easter weekend shooting of the Airbnb. You know, uh, two weeks ago, we just had two women at a bus stop, innocent bystanders, sitting at a bus stop waiting to go to work and go home, you know, who were murdered. They were, you know, killed in a shootout from a gas station across the street, you know, and I haven't seen any arrests in that case either. So, yeah, you know, we have that, homelessness. That's a key point. We have yeah. homelessness that's out there that's out of control. You know, you got in, in, in our big park over on the north side, north shore there, there's tents set up all in this park, okay? Here, just weeks while we wait for a homeless shelter, opening here on 2nd Avenue. I mean, there are some significant problems here, and the Democrats aren't addressing them. They just go on listening tours. They'll go out, they'll hold a meeting, listen to the the citizen or neighborhood's complaints, write it down, then they leave, but they never fix anything. You know, and all we're asking for is the opportunity to fix these. Yep, that's a good point. And look, well, Josh is the chief law enforcement officer of this state. And I got to tell you, he deserves as much of the blame as Larry Krasner. Crime has been up nearly 40% under his tenure. I mean, he cannot justify being elected to governor of Pennsylvania. Larry Krasner is his problem as well. He's done nothing to stop it. He's done nothing to help you with your crime in Pittsburgh. We're in Erie. We're in Reading. We're in Allentown. This is, this is an administration. These Democrats only think about what is their next office. And that's what is their number one priority. And they've given up on Pennsylvanians. Well, you're absolutely. Josh has politicized that office. Everything, completely. He felt, you know. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's a shame because he is the, he's our top law enforcement officer. And you're right. He's turning it into a political office. He should be doing his job, especially if he's looking to get a promotion. You would have expected that he would at least have got a passing grade in the job that he did have. But he doesn't. He failed. Yeah, if you follow him on social media, he talks much more about the lawsuits he's filed against the, you know, the previous administration or other states following amicus briefs, okay, okay, like against challenging, for example, Governor DeSantis's you know, uh, law done in Florida saying that you can't teach gender theory to kids younger than third grade, okay? And you have him following these things, bragging about those much more than taking and creating and building task forces to go out into these high-crime areas working with local authorities to take and provide safer neighborhoods. Yet he wants their vote. He wants their vote. But look, you know, Sam, the fact is, you're right, he does do a lot of lawsuits, like the Little Sisters of the Poor. That was a priority for him, like the lawsuit that he brought to knock out that woman's uh, suit that's trying to keep that pornographic book out of our kids' uh, public school system. Mm -hmm. But when you heard Fetterman the other night at the debate, he wants to legalize drugs. Fentanyl is pouring across our border, which is not secured with Mexico. Over 100,000 Americans died from fentanyl. It is the highest cause, number one cause of death of people under 40, more than cancer, more than COVID, more than suicide. Um, Dr. Oz, the other day at one of his rallies, a woman in the audience came up. Her daughter's first time getting fentanyl died on the spot. This is, and this is a guy who wants to be a U.S. senator who wants to legalize drugs. Between Josh and John Fetterman, the two of them are looking to turn this into a lawless Dodge city. And that's what is happening. That's why we need new leadership. Well, I think, you know, leadership is part of the solution. I think it's the major part that we we need. But I think uh, some of the events of the last six years have shown us that uh, the media is not to be trusted. I mean, we can go back. We can talk about Russian collusion. We can talk about all the things they did to former President Trump. But look at the, look at the cabal that's behind the obfuscation of the serious problems that John Fetterman has, you know, and how they've tried to hide that. And all of that came crashing down in the debate. I mean, you had MSNBC reporter Dasha Burns a couple weeks ago you know, report that when she interviewed Fetterman, that he had difficulty keeping up her understanding 
their casual conversation. And she was attacked and vilified, almost like they tried to cancel her. Fetterman's wife came out and demanded consequences, okay? And yet we saw a man on Tuesday night who is clearly incapable of performing the duties required by a United States senator. Well, I will tell you, I mean, I feel sorry for him, and I, I keep him and his wife in our prayers for his health and well-being, but look at those positions he took. You're right on the fracking. He flip-flopped on that. Clearly, he was brought to his attention. I mean, he was not able to articulate one policy of what he would do to get this economy up and running or how he would beat inflation. It was just nothing but attacks on Oz, nothing but negative uh, statements that he was making. People want a vote for people who have a policy and a platform, and that's what they need. And that's and this is where Joe Biden has been dropping the ball on everything. He has no policy that's positive and optimistic. It's always one of it's the Republicans who are the bad guys, or they did this, or they did that. I think you're going to see a real outpouring of, of voters in Pennsylvania hitting back uh, on November 8th, saying. We want leaders who have a plan, who are going to lift this economy and help us with this crime and, and protect our kids in the schools. That's, what, that's what's keeping everybody up at night. Those are the issues. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats just don't get it. Well, I think they want accountability. The voters want accountability, too. You know, Joe yes, Biden, every time gas prices go down, he raises his hand and says, me, 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 me. Every time they go up, he points a finger at somebody else. Yeah. Well, you know, look. The, the simple message for these last two weeks, the Democratic Party is not working. It's time for them to go. And um, this is this is the message. This is what I believe the voters are are coming to in Pennsylvania in these last uh, 10, 11 days. Um, I'm very excited uh, by what I'm seeing in the crowds. I've been out all over in the counties, going to dinners, going to afternoon and morning rallies. It's Sam, like you're seeing them, they're packed. The people are enthusiastic. They're taking off from work to come to them. Mm-hmm. They're handing out the lawn signs. This is going to be a people's election, and and I'm proud of our ticket. And and uh, like you said, it maybe took a little bit of a while to see it, but it was a it was a campaign that was directed to the voter instead of to uh, the airwaves, and that's where I think this will be won. No, I, I, the voters. I I agree, and and you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things uh that people have sent me recently too. I've gotten multiple panic texts showing me text messages that were sent to them from progressive groups advertising, you know, looking for workers to pay and they're saying they'll pay $250 or 300 a week. If these folks will talk to their friends to, you know, try to get them to vote Democrat. And you know, the folks send it to me as if they're concerned. And I try to tell them, no, no, this is reason to rejoice. Okay. Because it shows that they can't get volunteers to carry that message because good their point. ideas don't point, work. Man. That is a good point. You're right. I mean, sometimes you're, that was smart of you to, to take a look at these symbols and see that it's really the reverse here. And, and what an irony to have to hire somebody to tell people to vote for the Democrats because they don't have an issue to run on. Right. I mean, it is very, very unfortunate. They've let us down at all levels of government. And um, it's time that, uh, literally, as I said, it's time for them to go. Well, I couldn't agree more, Lawrence, and I'm looking to celebrate with you after, you know, November 8th here, when we can take a small breather, a short breather, before next year kicks in. Before next year, but I will say, if I can give a little advertisement for you, Sam, Sam, you have performed so many different roles for our party over the years, taking on some jobs that <laughs> I have to tell you, there's not enough Advil in America for the headaches <laughs> that uh, they must have caused you. But uh, not before you were county chair, while you were caucus chair, you know, helping you, you advised me many times on communication strategies, um, talking and working with our candidates, nurturing them, recruiting them. Dan, I have to tell you, you know, that it's a volunteer job for you and Boy, you really put your whole heart into it, and we're very proud of you and appreciate your service. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much. Your kind words, that, that, that means a lot to me. But, hey, uh, we don't often get, as a matter of fact, we've never had the chairman of the Republican Party of Pennsylvania here on our show. I'd like you to take a moment and to tell our voters or tell our listeners why they should become Republicans you know, and what it means to be a Republican. Well, good question. And Sam, the key is 
that the Republican Party respects the voter. We believe in those words that open the Constitution, we the people. Our goal is to have every American aspire to their greatness, to do what they believe would be best for them in their lives. We want to remove obsessive government regulation off of them that burdens them and their businesses. We want to provide them with a secure borders and a secure nation. We want to give them the tools for a strong economy, and we want to let them pursue their individual goals for themselves, their family members. We want them to be able to worship as they wish. We want them to be able to congregate and hang out and do the things in life that are important to them. That's our party, individual spirit. We're here to make sure that that happens for Americans. Government does not engineer people's happiness. People are responsible for their own happiness, and that's what our party encourages people to go out and pursue. Lawrence, well said. Well said. Thank you so much for that. Now, hey, Thank you. If, if, if someone wanted to take and go out and help the Republican Party of Pennsylvania, uh, how would they go about doing so if they wanted to donate or volunteer? Well, if they want to donate, that's great. Our, our state party website has a link. We take credit cards. We'd be happy to get it. And as Sam, as you know, with your county party, when we get money into the state party, there is no overhead. A hundred cents of those dollars go out to the campaigns. We're volunteers. I'm a volunteer. There's no money paid to me. We don't have commissions. We pay. But the other thing they can do that's equally important, to reach out and be part of our telephone squads, if they uh, can, go out and do some door knocking, offer to work at the polls, not necessarily inside, but be those who greet the voters coming in on November 8th. We're calling and offering to take some of the voters to the polls. If they call the state party headquarters, uh, Angie will put them in touch with our field team. And whether you can give us five hours or you can give us a week or a weekend, it will make a difference to the country, to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and to all of our lives. So that's what, these next 10 days, anything you can do like that will help. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for joining us today on The Elephant in the Room. Look forward to well, celebrating you. with you. On November 9th. Thank you. I, I will be there, Sam. The drinks will be on me. <laughs> you got to, hey, have a great I day. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Lawrence. And folks, that's it for today's show. Looking forward to talking to you next week on The Elephant in the Room on 1320 AM WJAS.